0: Welcome to the Smart Poker Study Podcast. My name is Sky Matsuhashi, and I appreciate you spending some of your study time with me. Normally, the podcast is in audio format only, but today I'm recording this uh, for YouTube as well because of some visual elements that I want to share with you during the podcast. So if you're listening right now, go to smartpokerstudy.com slash pod393 for the show notes page. And this video will be posted right there. But there's some screenshots on the page as well. You don't have to watch the video. Just continue listening and take a look at those screenshots if you'd like. So I have a challenge for you. It's a three-day, three-play session challenge. I want you to play preflop, raise, or fold only. So no clicking that call button at all preflop, which means you're not going to be calling in any position, late position or the blinds, right? There's no limping whatsoever. Never hit that limp button. No calling somebody's open raise either. I don't care if you have the most perfect set mining hand. Do not call. Remember, this is just a three-day challenge i know generally like you know why would you ever not call out of the big blind with pocket threes but you're doing this as a challenge and i'll explain the challenge a little bit more as we go on so no calling open raises no defending your blinds with a call no open raising and then calling a three bet no three betting and then calling a four bet you're only going to be the aggressor pre-flop or you exit the hand right Now, there has to be one exception. There's always an exception to every rule, right? If they shove and you want to call, go ahead and call. There's no, no, I'm not going to tell you to fold pocket aces because they shoved and you can't hit the call button. No, you can do that, but only if they shoved on you, if you cannot re-raise. That's it. Now, the reason why I'm issuing you this challenge, I thought about a couple episodes ago, podcast episode 391. That one was called Getting to Poker's Fantasy Land," and it was all about trying to put yourself in that bread-and-butter spot, the most profitable spot to be in, as often as possible. Now, if you missed that episode or want to refresh yourself on what bread-and-butter is, uh, visit smartpokerstudy.com slash fantasyland. It'll take you to that podcast episode. But as just a real quick thing, bread and butter, it's a term that I learned from Tommy Angelo, and it's the most profitable spot to be in. It means you are the pre-flop raiser in position against one or two other players. That is bread and butter right there. So here's the thing. By not calling pre-flop, only being the aggressor, it ensures that you are the aggressor always, pre-flop and post-flop. And as you know, aggression wins in poker. Being that razor in general, it's how you win in poker. Players who just do a ton of calling, well, they're your fishy calling station opponents. They're the ones that you target to earn those chips from, you know, when, with your best hands and to bluff them as well. But that, that aggression really wins. By doing this challenge, you're going to force yourself to, to get aggressive when you're dealt ace queen suited and you are tempted to call in the in the cutoff but you're not allowed to call that means maybe you can fold but you have to force yourself to three bet to be that aggressor if you choose to play the hand and this is just for three sessions remember i'm not asking you to do it for a full week or a full month which actually is what i'm going to do for the entire month of june It's pre-flop, raise or fold only. I'm going to put my theory here to the test and see how much more fun poker is, how much more enjoyable, how much potentially more profitable it is for an entire month. Now, when you're the aggressor, it means you're going to be doing a ton of pre-flop steals. You're going to be the open raiser in the MP, the cutoff, the button, the small blind. You're not going to be calling it all just to see the flop. You're going to be the one putting your opponents to the test, making them Make a decision based on your action, right? You're not going to face any C bets. That's a really interesting thing. If you are on YouTube and watching this, you can see I have Poker Tracker 4 up here. And I've been experimenting with this since May 27th for four sessions. I've played 1,063 hands, nicely profitable here $34 up in profits, positive 31 big blinds per 100 hands. And you can see um, two bet and call a three bet is 0%. Call that pre-flop two bet is 0% as well. Three bets at 6.5. I've been doing plenty of C betting flops and turn. Oh, not the turn. It looks like I'm turn honest when C betting. And you can see this once again in the video, right? My C bet goes from 74% flop down to 39% on the turn. Very honest right here. Um, But look at that. Fold a flop C bet. It's zero on the turn or zero on the flop, zero on the turn and zero on the river because I haven't faced a single C bet. I've been the pre-flop raiser every single time, the one with the um, uh, 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 post-flop initiative. I'm the one making C-bets, not facing C-bets here. So, and I have some more statistics and win rates to show you in a little bit comparing this all aggression pre-flop versus mm, adding calls in there, right? So, we'll get back to Poker Tracker 4 in just a little bit. Um, you're not going to be facing any C bets, but because you are the C better, you're going to potentially be facing donk bets. When you're in position, they could donk bet into you. So, you're still going to get practice facing your opponent's aggression, just not necessarily C bet aggression. Because you're the C better post flop, you're possibly going to face C bet raises or raises against your C bets, or even check raises when they're out of position against you. It just depends on the opponents that you're up against. And you're possibly going to face floats and probes because if you decide to check instead of C bet, you might be facing a bet later in the, on the same street or on the next street from out of position, right? Now, here's the thing. I've done this for four sessions so far. I've seen really good results and not just good results. I really enjoy this kind of poker. I find, for myself, the most difficult spots that I get into are when I called preflop, whether I raised and then called a 3-bet, three 3-bet three and called a 4-bet, or possibly just called out of the blinds, called on the button, in some a multi-way pot. Those are often the toughest, most uncomfortable situations. I found that when I'm only the preflop raiser, I'm avoiding a ton of uncomfortable spots, which is a good thing for me. So I want you to do this for three play sessions now if you only play 200 hands per session that's going to be 600 hands total your results you can't really gauge the total results over time what that will be right so potentially see what your results are like I said I'm going to do this for all of June and I'm planning on getting somewhere between five to seven thousand hands in in June that's going to allow me to really compare results pretty decently well If I play 5,000 hands, I can compare this 5,000 versus the most recent 5,000 hands and see what my results are, see how many bread and butter spots I get into, what my win rates are, how much I enjoy this by putting some extensive time and a lot of hands into this kind of challenge for myself. Now, when you do this, I want you to see how you enjoy not calling, how you enjoy not calling in the blinds or in any position. For me, I've, I guess maybe trained myself to understand and to realize that aggression wins and I am more likely to take pots down, of course, with aggression or get extra value with my strongest hands by being the aggressor, not slow playing, not calling, right? Well, and I really do enjoy that kind of poker. I enjoy being the one sticking it to my opponents as opposed to them betting or raising into me. So when you try this for yourself, you'll get to see how you enjoy not calling right is poker easier for you like i said earlier um by being the aggressor i avoid a lot of uncomfortable calling kind of situations um so for me yeah poker is easier my decisions are easier when i am the pre-flop aggressor are they more fun for you you got to figure that out for yourself and for me They're totally more fun. I'm enjoying poker so much more. In four days, I played 1,063 hands, which is more than any four-day span that I've played for the past few months or maybe all of 2022 is it more interesting? And I think it is more interesting being the pre-flop aggressor. It's fun sticking it to your opponents, like I said earlier, but then you're really forced to think about, can my opponents fold here? Can I steal this pot pre-flop? Can I steal it with a C-bet on the flop? Are they going to give me extra value on this turn once I double barrel? Whatever the case is, it really makes you think about your opponent's Passive calling tendencies and their folding tendencies, or maybe even their raise bluffing tendencies as well. Makes you think a bit more when you're the aggressor. As opposed to sometimes when you're just calling in hands, and you might realize this from experience or just thinking about it, when you're calling, it's really easy just to click call and not put much thought into it. Oh, I have a second pair. I have top pair weak kicker. I have an open ended draw. I call without really putting too much thought into what your opponents are betting into you with. But when you're the aggressor, at least for me, it forces me to think more about my opponents and I play the player a little bit more, which is a very beneficial thing. Um, And do you like being the aggressor more often after you do these sessions? Ask yourself that question and you might find just like me that you do. So like I said, me, I'm doing this for the entire month of June and I will report at the end of the month or maybe early July. I haven't looked at the calendar. Okay. Okay on the episode looking at a calendar right now on july 6th wednesday july 6th episode 398 that will be a recap of this past month of june where i'm playing pre-flop raise or fold only so like i said i've been doing this for the past four days and i played 1063 hands and i recorded some results right here for you to take a look at um Since May 27th, I've played 1,063 hands. From May 13th through the 26th, I've played 1,023 hands. Now, I know for a lot of you watching this on YouTube or listening, you know, and I know, that 1,000 hands isn't a huge sample. But it's what I've done so far, and I'm not going to wait until I get to... To five, ten thousand hands to start examining this stuff, right? I'm a numbers guy, and I think even over a thousand hands, even over five hundred hands, your results can be can start to be indicative of your tendencies, your style of play, where you're winning and where you're losing, right? And so I'm totally fine. At a thousand hands, start recording your stats and win rates, start comparing numbers to see how things are progressing, how you're liking it, what your results are, all that stuff. So one caveat to all this, like I just said, it's only a thousand hands, right? Over the next five, six thousand hands in June, things could really change, and I'm going to come at you in early July with a with a really good assessment, a really deep dive into my month of play with preflop raise or fold only. So, since May 27th, with my raise or fold only, um, my win rate is positive 31 big blinds per hundred hands. The prior 1,023 hands, my win rate was a little bit higher at positive 55. So it's not more profitable right now, but it's definitely more enjoyable, more fun, and definitely 100% profitable. If I made $34 playing 10 and L, positive 31 big blinds per 100 hands, that's a good result. Not as good as positive 55, but still, I'm happy with these results so far. Now, the bread and butter spots I got into with this pre-flop razor fold only i got in 44 bread and butter spots versus 43 in the prior thousand hands roughly the same right my bread and butter win rate was positive 107 in the prior thousand hands positive 229 so like i said i think this next month is going to be a real test of how profitable bread and butter can be or how profitable um uh, playing razor fold only can be. Like I said, I'm not challenging you to do this for an entire month, but three days, I think you'll, i think you really enjoy this. Now the interesting, my VPIP, I'm uh, VPIP and PFR. I'm 15, fifteen right now. In the prior thousand hands, I was 18 slash 16. So I have some calls thrown in there, right? My raise first in right now is 22% versus 23% before. So almost the same. But my 3-bet, because I am not allowing myself to call, but I still want to play hands, my 3-bet went up from 4.6% to now 6.5%. So I like that result. Just shows that I'm being a little bit more aggressive. Now, let's talk about win rates. When I VPIP with Razor Fold only, I am positive 317 big blinds per 100 hands. Let's run that filter right now. In Poker Tracker 4, go to More Filters, Actions and Opportunities, Preflop, and you simply hit VPIP, or voluntarily put money in the pot. Turn that on. You can see I'm positive 317 right here. Love that. In the prior 1,000 hands, I was positive 252 when pipping. So my more aggressive VPIPing style right now is winning me more uh, big blinds per 100 hands. My win rate when I v pip and saw flop right now it's positive five seventy two. Before it was only three fifty. So things are looking good when I'm v pipping. When I'm choosing the, to enter the pot only as the aggressor, I am making more chips overall. Loving that. Now my win rate when it when just two betting when I'm raising first in or iso raising right now it's positive one hundred and thirty eight. That means every time I make a two bet, on average, I'm winning 1.38 big blinds. That's pretty good. Before the prior thousand hands, my win rate was positive 232. Not as good, but still pretty uh, no, I'm sorry, better than it is currently. So I'm going to have to like maybe dive into this and analyze it a little bit more. Currently, my three betting win rate, positive 1,321 Prior was only positive 818. So I am earning, I am making more three bets now, and I am earning more when I'm three betting. Two betting is the opposite story. So this will be interesting to see the next 5,000 hands versus the prior 5,000 hands, what the differences are. Now, let's look at some post-flop win rates. When I C-bet, my flop win rate is positive 591. And the prior 1,000 hands, it was 554. A little bit better right now. My turn c-betting win rate is positive 630. The prior 1,000 hands, it's positive 715. So a little bit worse there. But like I said, it's only a 1,000 hands. We'll see when it comes to 5,000 or 6,000. Let's see what the difference is. Um, this past 1,000 hands, I haven't c-bet any rivers at all for whatever reason. Um, but I'm still... Nicely profitable uh, overall, but no c-betting on the river. The prior 1,000 hands, positive 1,180 big blinds when I I c-bet on the river. Now, the win rate, when I saw showdown right now, because I'm the pre-flop aggressor and I'm the one doing the aggression post-flop, my win rate at showdown is positive 1,567. The prior 1,000 hands, when calls were mixed in there and I was facing c-bets and stuff, my win rate at Showdown was positive 1336. So, quite a big difference there, right? 1567 versus 1336. Being more aggressive and getting to Showdown, I'm earning more money than I did before. So, I'm really looking forward to this next month, challenging myself for the month. But I want to challenge you, like I said, just three sessions preflop, raise, or fold only. And the last thing I want to say is good luck to both of us. For all of you who are going to take me up on this challenge and do it for three sessions, good luck to you. I hope you enjoy Pokemon. I hope you love being that aggressor. I hope you find some great spots to turn preflop calls into three bets and earn some good profits with those, whether it's stealing or earning three bet value profits, right? And then so good luck to all of you and good luck to me as well in June. And I'll be back next week with a new podcast episode. But like I said, at the beginning of July, I'm going to come back with a full assessment on how this challenge for June went for me. Alrighty, I'll catch you next time.